Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, it's Dave. Hey, Dave, what's going on, brother? Hey, how you doing, Dr. J? What's happening? Not a mucho, just living the dream. How's life? Yeah, very good, very good. Nice. How about you? Eh, I can't complain, you know, keeping busy. Things are going good. Excellent. Should have been the software business, made some real money, you know, but I'm all right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know that I could say that, but, hey, we're uh, we're starting to make some pretty good strides, so it's it's been good. Nice. All right, any key points you want to talk about? This is like a recorded line, and once we start, my guys will edit it out. But uh, anything you want me to hit upon, or maybe some of your background and – what, what's some interesting stuff about you? Any good questions for me? You know, I, I guess just, uh, um, you know, for I've been in healthcare for many years, started off as a, you know, uh, perfusionist. So I worked in cardiothoracic surgery, then managed a 36 office clinic, then moved to, you know, coding and defense work for doctors and then started the uh, software. So anything around that's fine. Um, you know, my passion is really, about um, you know medical coding and auditing and defending uh, providers and and then of course a, a vehicle to help protect them is the uh, software. So um, anything in there you know if, if you have like if you want to ask like. You still there? Dave? Yes, I'm here. Hey, sorry. I'm actually in the middle of updating my iPhone and or getting a new iPhone, so I just grabbed uh-huh. the landline. Sorry about that. So what are some good <laughs> – now I'm on the office phone. So what are some okay. good stuff? Sorry, I totally cut off after I asked you that. But no, no worries. Uh, I, I think just, you know, um, just, you know, my background, how I got into it. You know, I've been in healthcare since 1990. So I was in the – I worked in cardiothoracic surgery to start and then got into – managing chiropractic offices and then, uh, you know, finally doing defense work and audits and then started the software. So that's good. And then anything around, you know, uh, obviously I want to promote the software as much as possible, but also, you know, my passion is defending doctors against audits and it's both through the software, through education, and, and that's pretty much it. Okay. We'll roll with it. We usually try to keep them, you know, 25 minutes or so. We'll figure it out. Perfect. All right. You're, you ready, bud? Yeah, all set to go. Good. Okay, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today we have a special guest here, a friend of mine, a colleague I've known for a long time, and we use his services as well. This is Mr. David Klein. So David Klein's been in healthcare and in chiropractic industry since the 1990s, uh, defends doctors and audits, and also has a great software service that we particularly use in the clinic. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about his backstory and, and fill you guys in. So thanks for joining us today, Dave. How are you? Oh, excellent! Thanks, Dr. Fedich, and uh, thanks for having me here today. It's been it's a it's an honor and a pleasure. Very good. Thanks for joining us. So, uh, tell us you've been in the healthcare industry for quite a while, and you started back in the '90s. Tell us a little about how you got started in the healthcare industry and, and your background story. Yeah, well, you know, I uh, started off as a uh, a perfusionist, so I guess you could say I came from the dark side in the 
I worked in cardiothoracic surgery, operating the heart and lung machine for about five years. And then uh, I guess you'd say I got tired of the call time. Uh, and so I moved into uh, uh, working with a billing company. And it turned out the billing company who hired me, because I knew a lot of providers and they wanted to get in the business, so I started selling their billing services. And and uh, unfortunately, they didn't know how to uh, do any of the coding or they really didn't know what they were doing. So I started, you know, as I was introducing doctors to them, I felt obligated and, and became, you know, an expert in coding and documentation and how to properly you know, use the codes. And ended up one of our clients hired hired me. They had seven offices, and pretty soon uh, there was 36 chiropractic and physical medicine offices that I uh, ended up uh, managing. Uh, and after that, I, I kind of broke off and uh, uh, was asked to help defend providers against audits, and, and I started doing, you know, my own consulting firm. And then after that, it... Uh, turned into, Dave, you got to come up with a way to automate what you're sharing with uh, with us. So uh, I ended up uh, uh, basically starting PDC, uh, the EHR system, and it started off just with the care plan and then morphed into a, an entire EHR, and here's where we are today. That was started in 2007, so I've been doing that as well as, you know, helping to defend doctors against audits uh, since then. Well, yeah, an interesting story. I want to uh, back up a little bit there. And, you know, I know Dave for, I don't even know, probably at least 10 years, probably more than 10 years. And, you know, you were talking about audits 10, 12, 15 years ago when really nobody was, not nobody, but when it wasn't such a hot topic today. So tell us a little more about, you know, how audits have progressed over the years when you first saw them 10, 15 years ago to, to moving on to today where they seem to be more and more frequent every year. Give us a little background story with that, Dave. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, audits have always been around, but they're a much more benign uh, previously, it was, hey, you overpaid us for this. You didn't document this correctly, and it was, it was much more uh, infrequent. Uh, but as the federal governments moved towards, you know, focused on fraud prevention and and saving money, it really is. Audits are are really about money, and the more the healthcare industry tries to save money. Uh, one of the most profitable centers in a uh, insurance company's uh, uh, department is the uh, the SIU or the Special Investigative Unit that that basically they audit providers and try and recoup money. Uh, a lot of providers think, oh well, I've done something fraudulent if I'm audited, and it, it really, you know, from a, a provider's perspective and a payer's perspective, it's about money. They feel like they've overpaid you, so they want to collect that money back. So providers kind of get, you know, you get freaked out, and I've done it myself, but you just have to think of it like a business. So um, more and more, um, the more that healthcare uh, companies, insurance companies try and save money, the more they're going to audit, and that's that's where we run into a lot of this. Yeah, absolutely. It seems to be getting more and more popular. But like you said, the return on investments there, if they can spend a thousand and make four, you know, they're gonna keep spending the money on it. What are some of the big things, you know, you do a lot of doctors listen to this. I know we have non doctors as well, but for a lot of doctors listening to this, what are some of the big mistakes you see that kinda of tend to trigger audits for people? I think the most simple uh uh thing, the the easiest thing for providers to look for is really just are you using the right codes and modifiers? Overutilization of modifiers 
right now is the easiest way for you to get audited. And and it, healthcare is one of the few industries where profiling is legal. Well, you know, police can't profile. Uh, and but in healthcare, every doctor out there, every practice has a profile. So what happens is is that the insurance companies they can easily track what codes you use and they take that information compare it to your peers and if you use a code more than 50 percent than your peers they're going to have a look so probably the two most common modifiers that are overutilized are the 59 modifier and 25 and uh, i've seen many audits and a lot of times the modifiers aren't even necessary providers throw a modifier on to say hey just in case i'm going to add it and what that does is it in increases the provider's profile and gets them noticed. So that's the most common way. I think sometimes what I see a lot of times too at conferences, seminars, a lot of times we're our own worst enemy. You know, a lot of doctors just hear other doctors at a seminar say to do this or do that or this coding thing, and, and they take their word for it instead of really investigating or talking to an expert like yourself. I mean, I was at a seminar a couple months ago out of state, and they're recommending using that, uh, you know, the manual therapy modifier, which I think you've been telling us not to use for at least 10 years. That's been a flag for years. And I was just, you know, listening to someone speaking to a group of docs, you know, telling them to use this mod this code that, you know, everybody's agreed for years is not not a good idea, and they're still teaching it. So sometimes I feel like we're our own worst enemy in that regard. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think there is a lot of misinformation out there. I, uh, you know, what I tell providers, uh, you know, when I present is I'm not the authority. It's the federal government's the authority. Uh, a lot of providers don't realize that under HIPAA back in 2001, the codes and their definition were adopted as federal law. So every code, every modifier has a definition, has its proper use, and the easiest way for providers to learn the right way is to look at the source. And if someone tells them, hey, you should be doing this, I would ask them where are you getting that information from. And if they can't provide you with either the AMA or Medicare and, and a, a valid backed up source, then I would I would not follow that advice unless I found concretely that it's correct. So you got to know what the rules are and where to get them from, and that's one of the keys that every provider needs to learn about. Yeah, I hear way too many. It always seems at the seminar too. You're in the back. Oh, I know this guy's using this code every time, getting paid well, and this and that. Everybody's trying to, you know, find the latest trick or kind of almost not cheat the system, but gain the system a little bit. And they're getting a lot of misinformation. It gets a lot of people in trouble a lot of times. I'll get calls, coaching clients, and it's just like oh, I was doing that, and it's just unbelievable. Is the stuff that's still floating around there. But uh, so that, that must be interesting. Tell us a little bit about defending doctors and audit work. So you're a good guy now on the good side and helping defend us during the audit work. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> Well, you know, I think that uh, one of the keys is uh, to, number one, recognize the type of audits. You know, there's there's more benign audits where you get one or two dates of service where they're requesting information. Those are pretty, pretty tame. Uh, if a provider gets a request for records and it says, you know, the, the, the address is or the, the department is from the special investigative unit or financial investigative unit or senior investigator, you want to take note. You don't just, you know, it's not, you know, I've heard that uh, you get an audit from the IRS, you just throw all your receipts in a box and ship it in. That's not what you want to do in healthcare. <laughs> you, want to, you want to make sure that, you, you, you know, it's all in the presentation. So even if your documentation is not the best, if you put it together 
um, point out some specific items. Now, you can't alter what you've sent in, but point out some specific items uh, that really justify the services and make everything consistent in a nice, neat order. You're going to be in the best shape. I do recommend, if you get a request for records, that you get some help. Get someone that's familiar with it. It might cost you a couple bucks to to um, have someone help defend your position, but having an expert that's been through the process before can put together a nice presentation, tell a good story to the payer, and then, you know, if I'm an auditor and I look at stuff and it's a mess, well, guess what? You're going to have, you know, if it's not, uh, you know, I tell providers all the time that it's, it's all about telling the story. Your documentation tells a story. If your story is really not compelling, then they're going to find against you. If it's a more compelling story, then the better off you are. So you want to think about it like that and, and get someone that really knows what they're doing. I think that's really, really important to help you uh, along the process. Yeah, so I want to go back to that a little bit because it was something you mentioned on there too, and I, I even have this question myself. So if you are being audited in a, in a more serious manner, do you call, you know, a coding expert like yourself? Do you call a lawyer? You know, some people say calling a lawyer makes you look guilty, or do you call someone like you, or you call both, or what would be your recommendation there? That's a great question. So um, you want to, first of all, you're welcome to call, you know, a coding expert that has familiarity. Uh, they're going to be a good go-to source. But they're not the only source that you need to go to. If you were to call me, Dr. Fedich, what I would do is I would say, okay, here's what, uh, here's, you know, I get an overview of the situation and say, we're going to get together with a healthcare attorney, someone that's licensed healthcare attorney that's familiar with it. You don't want, you know, a real estate attorney or someone that doesn't know <laughs> about healthcare law. And what we would do is we would come up with a game plan. And the reason why I wouldn't just help you myself is because what anything that you and I discuss, any records that I review, that all becomes discoverable. And if, for example, you send in that information and they found out that you and I had a conversation, they could subpoena me and testify against you in a, up in, in a case that they, they decided to bring to you. So anytime that I work with a provider, I say, first of all, let's get a, a healthcare attorney, and this, of course, is in an audit situation. Let's get an attorney. The attorney would hire me as an expert on your behalf, and then all conversations we would have would be protected. And that's one phase. But also, do you think the insurance companies have attorneys working for them? Buckets I mean, of them. Of course they do, exactly. <laughs> and there's so many laws and rules and regulations that providers need to follow that you need someone with legal expertise to really walk you through that. So myself as an expert understanding coding and documentation and interpretation of that portion of the law is one thing. And then the attorney with information on, okay, here's Stark and here's ERISA and all these things. And, and the last Part of your question was, I think, you know, like, will the insurance company think that I'm doing something wrong if I get an attorney? And if it's actually the opposite. If they know that you have an attorney, they know that you're not messing around, you're not, um, you, you know, you're not trying to hold anything back because the attorney has certain obligations. And it actually, to an auditor, 
as long as the attorney's professional and knows what they're doing, it actually is like, okay, yeah, they've got an attorney, they're going to handle it correctly, and they actually prefer dealing with the attorney than dealing with the doctor directly. So it's, it's actually a good thing. It also shows the payer that you're not messing around and you don't want to be pushed around by the payer. Sometimes they will take advantage of doctors who don't have an attorney. So I think it's the exact opposite. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually had a friend, and I think I referred him to you years ago, and he had a, a relatively small practice. He's audited once and, you know, paid whatever amount and then gets audited again, and he calls me like almost in tears. You know, I have this little practice. I've audited twice in the last couple of years, and I think it might be something to what you said. You know, if they know it's easy pickings and this guy, you know, isn't going to get a lawyer or hire you or, or bring out the big guns and they can get a couple thousand bucks out of him every time they audit him, they'll go after you again. So that's probably true for sure. Absolutely. I've seen it yeah, many times. Really? Yeah, they go after that. Ah, it's low-hanging fruit. If it's easy to get after, I mean, I definitely agree with you. That's the first thing I would do. Luckily, I've never been audited in 15 years, but I would call you and, and a lawyer pretty quickly, I think, no matter what. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you got to represent yourself. Like you said, they got a lot of lawyers. They're, they're looking to make some money off you, and uh, you got to be able to fight back as well. Um, so tell us a little bit about from, uh, you know, doing that kind of work, and now you're into software as a service with PayDC. We're actually clients of yours. But tell us, you know, kind of the genesis of how that all started, and tell us a little bit about starting up the software company. Well, I, you know, I think the two kind of go hand in hand. I mean, the the defense work and helping providers get paid and keep the money, you know, that's that's my passion. Uh, and the software kind of just was a result of doctors wanting, you know, what I was teaching and what I was helping them with in an automated fashion. So uh, we we created a, a cloud-based EHR, PayDC. Uh, it's uh, you know. As you as you know, it's a complete AHR billing, scheduling, documentation. But its foundation is on the rules, the the resources, Medicare, the AMA. So it helps providers in a in a easy, clean, quick fashion document, tell the story succinctly, and um, also protect them from an audit. So basically, when you go in and create a note, the system will automatically generate a claim based on your documentation. And because of the coding rules and engines that we've built in based on federal guidelines, it automatically generates a claim based on that. So you can feel like, okay, I know I documented this correctly and my claim is going to really follow that up and be accurately recorded and so you can sleep better at night. And that that's really the theory behind it. The other thing is, is just trying to make it as simple as possible. Go in, I think the average time to do a daily note is between 45 and 60 seconds, and but still tell a good story. And if you need to take a little longer in certain instances, well, you know, I, I think of each date of service kind of like a chapter in the book. You don't need to tell a new story each time. You just need to update each chapter. So uh, that that's really the theory behind it. Yeah, absolutely. It's and it's a good software program. We use it here particularly, and yet it is nice. You do got to back up your codes and not just throw codes out there. I think the problem with some of the software is where the uh, you know the the notes end doesn't talk to the billing end, and they're not necessarily backing each other up. Which is, you know, I know you said it at seminar stuff. You're kind of trying to tell a story to the insurance company, and you got to make sure that story's congruent on both ends. Correct. Absolutely. You know, documentation drives the billing. It's not the other way around. You shouldn't create a claim and then try and match your notes to, to back it up. You should create your note and then have that generate uh, the uh, the claim. So absolutely. 
So tell us a little bit. You really got your pulse on healthcare and especially this coding and billing and all this stuff, obviously. So tell us kind of what you're seeing in the future coming down for, for healthcare as far as billing and coding and, and these topics are going and auditing and all that. Well, I think that uh, right now, I mean, it's look, it's hard to predict what's going on, but the federal government, they were really hot on uh, promoting MACRA and the MIPS and, and all of that. I still think that it's, it's, it's about outcomes for your patients. I think that what was, you know, once, you know, just send in a claim, get paid and, and move on is now send in a claim, get paid, and we want to make sure that your patients have the best outcome. So anything you can do to help justify the services you you have going forward are, are going to be a big deal. There's actually a proposal by Medicare to change how your office visit codes work, and instead of having a whole bunch of different levels, you'd actually bill out at one level. So that's going to be interesting to see. There's some proposals out there, and, and they're waiting on the comments to see what's going on. I think that also... Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of focus on justification of care and proper documentation. So it's absolutely critical that providers are documenting correctly. Electronic health records are here to stay, and, and, and that's something you have to move to. And you have to make sure that whatever system you choose is not about, you know, bells and whistles. It's about good quality output and 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 outcomes for your patients so you want to make sure that whatever you're using tells a good story is compelling and is going to back up what your billing says and that's going to be key moving forward yeah very interesting and big picture i know obviously nobody can predict their future but with your pulse on the industry for so many years i mean do you think we're we're moving to a single payer system you keep seeing what we're seeing or what, what do you really think of the big picture of healthcare? I don't see a single payer system. I think there's, you know, there's there's thousands of payers out there, and they're throwing a lot of money at you know different lawmakers. And I just think there's I think there's too much money involved that that they're all going to say, okay, well we'll just go away and and become a single payer system. I don't see that. I think they are going to. Um, you know, again, you know, as Medicare goes, so goes the rest of the industry. So I think Medicare is really focused on reducing fraud and abuse and making it more patient-centered than reimbursement-centered. I think it goes for not only providers, but also the payers. You know, uh, you know, you look at three, four billion-dollar surpluses from some of the major insurance payers. I think that's going to be scrutinized as well. So I think there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on both ends, but I don't see single-payer system. I could be wrong. I don't have a crystal ball, but I think it's going to be kind of a balance of, you know, hey, we're looking for patient outcomes. We want to make sure the patients get better, and which I know every doctor on this phone wants to see that, of course, every provider, mm -hmm. um, but also on keeping it as costs as low as possible with the best result for the patient. And I, I think that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope we get some good changes, but, you know, things go up and down. And I know some docs, you know, they sit around and mope about insurances all the time and remember the Mercedes A's and all that. But, you know, you just got to stay up with the times and keep up with the changes. And there's always ways to help people and, and make some money and, and help people make money. And there's always ways to do both things, that, you know, no matter what the changes are. And you got to roll with the changes, of course, and keep up to date. I remember when Obamacare came out, and that's when we started switching to your software because we had like three different softwares running, trying to get everything done and just really yeah, couldn't keep right. up with the times. And, 
and uh, we, you know, switching to one cloud-based software has been great. And a nice, the other nice thing about your software is it works multidisciplinary. So, you know, we used to have a software for our physical therapy department, software for the acupuncture, software for the chiros, basically, and none of them talked. And everyone's able to use PayDC, which is really great, great feature. So tell us a little bit more about PayDC. I mean, tell us some of the features and benefits that people can look forward to in the PayDC software. Well, you know, I'm really looking forward to. We have we've made some changes as you've as I know you've seen uh over the past it's it's you know, we've tried to incorporate uh more items regarding patient ADLs and 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 again making it easier and easier to document and tell the story. We're actually coming out in late September, early October with a completely new format as to the output and um, making it so you can quickly view what your note's going to say and change it on the fly much easier. But also, you know, it used to be that payers wanted to see things in kind of a, a sentence format and structured and, and, and so on, but now they, they're looking to see things uh, almost more bulleted. So we're changing up the format to make it more bulleted, uh, easy to show comparisons from one visit to the other. We're adding in customization to the highlighting you can do. So any change you document can be highlighted and you'll be able to, you know, say whether you want it in red or underlined or purple. So when you send it into a payer or reviewer, they can see, oh, well, the patient was this on that visit and now I see exactly where they made improvement. So it's about that progression of care that we're trying to do. And then, of course, enhancements to the billing, and we recently added text messaging and, and credit card processing so you can do uh, uh, automatic payments and, and payment plans and things of that nature. So one of the nice things about having a cloud system is that we, are, um, we have one basically database, one version, and everybody's on the same thing. So when we get updates, everybody gets them at no charge, and uh, we can continually monitor and make it better each and every time we do those. So um, I'm really looking forward to what we have uh, upcoming, and uh, um, you know, hopefully the government will continue to back off some of the requirements they put on providers, because that also puts a lot of pressure on us, and it seems <laughs> like that's kind of the way they're going right now, So which is a positive. Yeah, which is nice. I remember you talking me off the ledge with some of those MIPS and all those crazy changes, and then President Trump oh, kind of put yeah. a halt on all that stuff, and we were ready to dive into all this. So, yeah, it is a relief to, to relieve some of that because there, there was a lot coming. I mean, people thought Obamacare was oh, done yeah. at the time, and there, a lot of the changes weren't even – they never happened because it, you know he's been halting a lot of them. But there was a lot more coming that we, we were in store for. Yeah, it's been a relief to not only providers, but, again, you know, EHR vendors because it was a huge burden on us to try and keep up with it. Uh, it, it got a little crazy there for a while. Yeah, I'm very glad. Yeah, there were some big changes coming on. It was not, it was definitely going to be a lot of work for you and for me, I think, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and another nice thing, you just talked about PGC, you do automatically update, which is great. And then, uh, you know, like some of the other softwares are kind of practice management focused, and then the billing coding is kind of a second thought, which is kind of, I think, how you get yourself in trouble. And I like the fact that, you know, you guys have the billing coding and documentation down, and now we're adding some, you know, more practice management type tools. Yeah, you always had some, but, you know, the focus is on getting the billing and coding properly done, which is going to keep you out of trouble, and then practice management on top of that, which is, I think, the right way to do things. I would think you would agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah, so it's a great program. I use it myself in the clinic. I don't know, we've been customers, I don't know how long, five, six years maybe, but it's been a while. We're very happy with it. So I uh, definitely highly recommend PayDC. And uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or, or take a look at PayDC, tell us how do we get in touch with you. 
Well, you can go to our website at paydc.com or just email me at dave at paydc.com. Love to hear from you. Be happy to answer any questions, whether it be on the software or if you have coding or audit questions. I, you know, I do both. One doesn't necessarily have to coincide with the other. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I, I like uh, the profession. I like working in healthcare and, uh, you know, providers uh, need all the help they can get and uh, I'm here to serve. So I uh, appreciate you, uh, uh, you know, having me on today. It's it's fantastic and gives me an opportunity to talk about the software, but also, you know, hey, I think that the providers out there are doing a great job. I've been, um, I herniated two discs in my back playing ice hockey this winter and have been going to uh, uh, D.C. for the last 19 uh uh, nine months, excuse me, and that uh, saved me some from surgery. So the stuff you guys do is just absolutely amazing. I can't cool. be more thankful. We appreciate all you do in the profession. And, uh, you know, Dave's always at seminars, too. I mean, if you're in the Northeast, you probably have run into Dave at a seminar somewhere because he's always presenting and trying to help out doctors. So we appreciate all that you do for us as well. So everyone get in touch with Dave. If you have any billing coding questions, I'm sure happy to answer for you. He's always quick getting back in emails. And uh, I personally said recommend the software. We've been using it for years. And it, it's great for our multidisciplinary clinic. And, uh, yeah, our collection never been better. June was my best month ever. And July was looking like it's just about as good. So things oh, are looking good out there. <laughs> Thanks for joining awesome. us, Dave. And I'll, I'll talk to you soon, bud. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. Bye, Dave. Bye-bye. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.